Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another edition of No Names All Game. Today is Tuesday, December 3rd. My name is Chris, coming to you from New York City, joined by my co-host Pat, coming to you from Los Angeles. We have a ton going on today. We've got NFL decisions. We've got Big Ten awards. We've got the CFP rankings. Whole lot of shit to talk about. Pat, how are you, man? I'm feeling good that the uh, the committee did, did something right today. And they, I'm sure we'll talk about it later. They did I feel very things. good about one of the things they did. They did some things. And, uh, yeah, it's it's one of those where, what are we, in the fifth year of college football playoffs? Sixth year, maybe? Like, I feel like we're still feeling the committee out where you don't know exactly what's going to happen. Um, but there were definitely some things today. Um, I think we had a lot to talk about. We're going to get to a Rutgers recap. I mean, I, I didn't say it in the intro, but your Penn State Nittany Lions are 10-2 and two after a... Uh, a lackluster, but a, a Under, win. underwhelming, underwhelming win against the powerhouse of Piscataway, Rutgers. Um, it is what it is. I don't think we have a ton to talk about on that game. We'll get to that later. I think the bulk of this episode will be uh, a lot of news that's come out today and over the last couple days, and then uh, some Twitter questions from all of you guys. Um, but this is the end of the regular season, so before we get into some of the topics, like General thoughts on on where your head's at with the season. Do you, are you still are you still thinking about things? Are you over it and just ready for bowl season? Where are you at? Um, I feel like we have just been really underappreciating Sean Clifford based on the performance that came in this week from Penn State. Uh, I can tell you that much because I mean it's not like the, the offense just doesn't run without the guy. Yeah. I know like there were some yards picked up when he left against Ohio State, but that did not seem like a sustainable offensive model to me. And yeah, it's just like, it's obviously things just aren't working without him. Yeah. And I think we saw that in this game. I don't want to jump the gun. We'll get to the Rutgers preview later, but like Levis is a very, very nice piece, powerful runner. But you know, we had some questions last week of, you know, did this cause a a QB controversy? I think we can confidently say no at this point. I think he'll be, uh, I think he's a very capable backup. Maybe he'll push for some time later on, but yeah, it's a, it's an unfortunate way to end the season. Obviously, the you know the heartbreaking loss to Minnesota. Then we you know gut wrenching against Ohio State again when we thought maybe we had a shot. You kind of wanted to go in there and just beat the shit out of the Rutgers, and it didn't quite happen. But it is what it is. It's ten and two. It's for for. I mean, I think you and I both predicted. I think we predicted ten and two. Um, I think my dream scenario was eleven to one. My real was ten and two. I think you were right around there too, weren't you? I feel like I said nine and three, maybe. Okay, but still, we we were pretty high on this team. I think uh, a, a lot of people on Twitter like to talk about how you should be so happy at 10 and 2. Everyone was predicting us 8 and 4. Yeah, maybe the media, but like, I think a lot of us, we had expectations for Big Ten Championship, get into the playoff. So it is what it is, but let's start with some news. So we got a lot, a lot, a lot of news. Um, I think the big three here are NFL decisions, Big Ten awards, college football playoff. Where do you want to start, Pat? Um, let's start with the, the rankings. Let's start with the rankings. It's, it's hot off the presses. Uh, I can talk about them, um, coherently this week. I'm not drunk. <laughs> Thanks for all the listeners yes. who, uh, who got through. I listened to some of last week, man. I, uh, those margaritas hit me a little harder than I thought. So thank you all for, uh, for bearing with me through that. But Penn State comes in at the final rankings of the regular season. We still have championship weekend coming up. Final rankings of the regular season at number 10. Initial thoughts, Pat? Um, I think it's completely appropriate. Uh, they've got us ranked as the second best 10-2 team. Um, 
you know, I'm, I'm pretty fine with that. They got us right after Florida, who after Auburn beats Alabama, then Florida beating Auburn looks that much better. Mm-hmm. They, I, I think it's clear uh, Florida has the best win between us over Auburn. Yeah. So I, it's pretty fair. Yeah, I'm okay with that one. It's like, I don't know. The SEC, to me, is still always going to get the bias. So, like, I, don't, I didn't even get my hopes up for that. I, I saw a lot of people on Twitter. How is Florida ahead of us? It's whatever. Um, we are actually – would you say we're the second best 10-2? Yeah. We have the Florida than us, right? Third best 10-2, Wisconsin. Oh, yeah, Wisconsin. At number eight. So let's over. run it down. Your and top... they beat the team that beat us. So. Right. Exactly. So your I top, can't get your top 10 – And convincingly. State, I think, oh, they smashed them. Top 10 is Ohio State 1, LSU 2, Clemson 3, Georgia 4, Utah holds on to 5, uh, Oklahoma at 6, Baylor 7, Wisconsin 8, Florida 9, Penn State 10, let's go a little bit further, Auburn 11, Alabama 12. This has got to be That's the, the decision I like. That's got to be the lowest that they've been in the history of the college football playoff, right? And to be honest, I wouldn't hate it if they were lower. They have no ranked wins this season. None. Zero. The fact that the team with zero ranked wins is actually 12th, I think it's a little too high. I, yeah, if you put Alabama like 15, I think that'd be appropriate. Yeah, I mean, you look at their, their 10 and 2. Oregon's 10 and 2. You could argue they'd be above them. Michigan, Oregon beat USC. Michi- yeah, but USC's trash too. Um, I mean, they're technically ranked now, but they're trash. Minnesota. Minnesota should be ranked above. Yeah, so Alabama. let's talk about that for a second. So the, so the big implications for us is Wisconsin's at 8, Minnesota got dropped to 8. Team. Do you think that's fair or is that disrespectful? I think it's pretty disrespectful in one sense. Um, they've played; they only played three decent teams all season, and they lost to two of them. Yeah. However, Alabama only played two decent teams all season, and they lost to two of them as well. So you could argue that Minnesota should be ranked above Alabama. They have a clearly a better win than them. Oh, they beat us. Who, yeah. who you're telling us are the te- the tenth best team in the country? So. I mean, I think it's I think it's always funny when a team that beats a team head to head is ranked lower to them. Like Minnesota being ranked lower than us kind of defies with the logic. same record. Kind of defies. It's, logic. it's a little crazy. It's but, just then you have to think about the quality of the. They have one good win. Of course, and we have several. We've got a, we've got a few. Right, but it, it is just funny when you're like, all right, who's better? Hmm, let's think of all the factors. You know, they did play head to head. This team beat that. I know, team. but that's that's the chaos of the committee, right? Um, so yeah, I love that Alabama dropped that far. I thought it was I thought it was well deserved that they dropped down to twelve. And I don't know. I don't know if I'm as aggressive with you that they should be lower, but I'm happy they dropped that Put far. Put them at twenty. I don't care. Drop them out of the rankings. Let's have some. I don't fun. see a problem with it. <laughs> uh, so Minnesota dropping all the way down is is kind of sad a little bit because PJ Fleck has done some incredible things uh, with that program. He he won one of the <laughs> ten awards. Uh, Big Ten Coach of the Year, as voted on by his peers, by the coaches, which I thought was really, really cool um, and well deserved. Like what he's done with that program, what he's done for that that town, those Twin Cities, whatever you want to call them. I mean, it's incredible. So to see them drop that far behind, you know, teams like Michigan and Iowa and other teams that nine and three, I get it. Well, Iowa beat them. I know, I know, but they beat us, right? <laughs> you can do this circle, but then we beat Iowa. <laughs> it's it. We get we're getting stuck in the playoff rankings right now. Yeah. Uh, it's, but well, it's, it's one of those things where like who who gets to be ranked above who? Like right, it can't all be teams that beat each other get ranked above the other one because no, we have to be ranked above Iowa. Iowa has to be ranked above Minnesota. Yep, Minnesota has to be ranked above us. It, us, it doesn't fit. Yeah, put South Carolina up above Georgia. It's how it works. I don't know. Um, I do love those Twitter threads. You ever see that where like someone takes it from like one team? 
says this team beat this team who beat this team who beat this team, and they do it for like 40 or 50 teams, and it ends up being like an FCS is better than the number one. Very, very funny. Uh, <laughs> here or there, we're getting off track. Yeah, I think Penn State at 10 is accurate. I'm okay with it. I'm happy with it. I think we're in a really good spot right now. So Minnesota dropping that far is huge for us because now the bigger bowls can use that as a reason why they choose us over them. If Minnesota is still very close with an identical record with them beating us, it would look a little fishy if, if you know, the Rose Bowl or one of these bowls is like, eh, we're going to take Penn State instead of Minnesota. That being said, Minnesota drops down. It gives them kind of that out. If they want the bigger name brand, which is going to sell more tickets and have more fans travel and all those things. So let's talk bowl projections, man. Um, obviously, this weekend is huge. Big Ten Championship is Ohio State versus Wisconsin. Um, our rooting interests are with Ohio State. Unfortunately. Unfortunately, we need <laughs> them to kick the shit out of Wisconsin. That's the, they got to win big if we mm-hmm. go to the, for us to go to the Rose Bowl. Yeah. Big like it has to, they won, what, 31-10 last time? Uh, that sounds about right. I don't have it offhand, but it sounds right. It'd have to be that or worse, I think. Yeah, I, th- I think that would do it. Um, so, yeah, if we look at it, the you know Ohio State wins and they're in. Honestly, if they lose, they're probably still in the playoff. Like, they're that good. 38-7. Um, Ooh, okay. Even bigger than you expected. If nice. they did that again, I would say it's fair that Wisconsin drops below us, considering we lost by 11 in Columbus. Yeah. If they're going to lose by, like, you know, again, 30 points at a neutral site, mm-hmm. I think that's fair. Absolutely. Um, because, yeah, right now, like I said, Ohio State is probably in the playoff either way. Because even if they lose, they probably get the four spot over Yo, they're in. any one of these. They're in. So, they obviously deserve more than Troja. Yes, 100%. Uh, or Clemson, or any of them at this point, yeah. to be honest. Um, so if Wisconsin keeps it close, they are then probably the ideal Big Ten team to go to the Rose Bowl. They're the second best team in record, tied with us, tied with Minnesota. They went to the championship. They kept it close. They get to go. If they get smashed, if they get demolished, if they get train wrecked, then your boys, your boys might be coming out to uh, sunny Southern California. Pasadena, baby. Oh man, I, I just moved there'll back. Be, there'll be Rose Bowl tickets on my Christmas list. I'll put oh, it that way. Dude, I I went to the one. Uh, what was it? 2016, well, I guess technically in 2017, the the epic battle against USC and. I've mentioned it before. Even though we lost, it was one of the best games I've ever been to. I would highly recommend to any of our listeners. It, honestly, in general, if you can go to any big bowl game that Penn State's in, do it. Rose Bowl's really cool. Um, but yeah, other than that, I mean, that that's really all we're rooting for is, is Ohio State to beat Wisconsin big. Um, I was reading that there's a possible path to the Orange Bowl. Um, I have heard that as well, but I don't get how... I think it's like the best... Big Ten, Slash, ACC, yep. no, SEC or Notre Dame? Yeah, exactly. exactly. Against the big eight, best ACC? Right. Yeah, I think ACC. So basically what ACC they're saying... ACC is the automatic bid. Correct. Right? Correct. Yeah, yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, because it would be against like a Virginia or someone. Um, so what they're saying is if Georgia beats LSU, that could lead to both Georgia and LSU getting into the playoff. So now you've got two SEC teams in. But Florida's ahead of us. Oh, shit. I didn't think about it. So what the fuck is the path that they're talking about then? I suppose it no longer exists. Um, I guess they could pick and choose at that point, right? They could say, you know, Florida and Penn State have identical records. We pick who we want. I'd have a hard time believing that they would pick 
a ball that happens in Florida would pick us over I'm try- the I'm University to- of Florida. I'm trying, I'm trying to talk myself into this. I know we travel well. Not that well. But you know who, yeah. You know who <laughs> you travels know who really travel well? Better? People who don't have to travel. People that are in-state. Yeah, all right. Well, you know what? For, honestly, for me, it's Rose Bowl or bust. Sure, the Orange Bowl is cool. It would be great. I think the Rose Bowl would be awesome because it it, it also is against a – it's going to be against a very solid opponent. It's going to be either Utah or Oregon, right, because that's the Pac-12 championship. So whoever loses that one goes to the Rose Bowl. The other one is fighting for the number four spot. That becomes a real, like, hey, Penn State, show me if you are the real deal. Show me if that loss to Minnesota was a fluke. Because if you can't beat Utah or Oregon, then maybe we're not as good as we thought. Yeah, you're right. Uh, it might be Utah even if they win. Yeah, if oh, Georgia absolutely. wins. Yeah, true, true. Yeah, the winner, the winner, uh, Utah may go even if they win because they might not get the four spot. Um, Oregon, yeah, if Oregon wins, I think that I think Oregon would go then if they beat. Yeah, yeah, they'd have the Pac-12 championship. Why wouldn't they take them? Yeah, but they wouldn't make the playoff. No, but they'd go to the Rose Bowl. I'm saying ahead of Utah, even though Utah is ranked much so? higher. Yeah, I guess. Right, because Utah right now is Pac-12 champ. Utah, yeah, I think it goes to the champ and then the next highest-rated team. So yeah, Cause, yeah, because right. they they'd have identical records at a point. Utah's eleven and also one. Utah would have to drop like a rock if they lose another game because I don't I think they only have one ranked win over USC. Yeah, and they're eleven and one. Oregon's ten two. So if Oregon beats them, they're both eleven and two. Oregon has the head-to-head. They go. So either way, I think it'll be really really cool to see Penn State back in the Rose Bowl because again, great bowl to have. Um, you know, prime time, New Year's Day, and against a, a formidable Pac-12 opponent that could be like, hey, show us what you're really made of. Cliff should be healthy by then. We'll get to that in a minute. Um, and you go out there and you spank a Pac-12 team, and you know what? That's a good way to end the season. If we end up in one of these other Citrus or Outback or whatever, it's fine. But I put me put me in that New Year's Six, baby, which I think us staying at 10 has now guaranteed. Yeah, I, it's... Like I said, I think if if Wisconsin loses badly enough, we're in. I think they will, man. Like, I mean, I know anything can happen. I mean, they yeah. got destroyed the first time around. And it, I'll say this. It's very tough to beat a team twice in a season, right? They, they've seen you. They, they know your style. They know your game plan. They're, they're going to plan the hell out of this, right? But Ohio State is so fucking good, man. I, I don't see, I don't see it being close. I think I think I think Ohio State takes care of business, and I think you never know though. We ship off to the Rose Bowl. That's me putting good vibes out into the universe. I hope so. Um, all right, let's let's flip to uh, NFL decisions, man. We got some decisions. I was tweeting about this over the weekend. Um, the biggest one, the biggest one. We talked about this last week of whether he would stay or go. Pat Fryermuth, Mackey Award snub, is coming mm-hmm. back. For another year. Let's we go. We talked about the Mackey Award conspiracy. I'm telling you, I'm sticking to it. There was a Penn Stater on that committee. He's like, listen, we'll just give it to him next year. We know he wants it. <laughs> I think we need to send that person like some flowers or a box of chocolates or like, I don't know, something cool. Because thank you, man. Thank you. This is, yes. I mean, this is huge. I uh, So I tweeted at uh, Connor Rogers of Bleacher Report. Um, him and Matt Miller, they, they do a podcast called Stick to Football. So you guys are into draft stuff, NFL stuff, college stuff. They, they do a really good job over there. They're Bleacher Reports. Like, they're basically Bleacher Reports version of uh, Mel Kuyper and Todd McShay. 
they're younger, they're cooler, they know their shit. I follow them a lot more. <coughs> um, so that Todd McShay used to be the young, cool one. Yeah, and, and listen, I like Todd. Mel, Mel is a, like a comedy Tad, actor. Tad, 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 Tad. I disagree with you there, Tad. <laughs> incredible, incredible. Um, but yeah, these guys are great. Uh, shout out to them. I, 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 they've both answered tweets to me before. Um, they're, they're just really, really cool and like in tune with, I think, our generation. So I tweeted at Connor and I said, hey, what are your thoughts on Pat Frymuth and KJ Hamler? You know, given their skill sets, their respective classes, would you would you advise them to stay or go? And he, he tweeted back. He said, well, right now I'd have both of them in round two, so I'd advise them to go. Um, you know, obviously things are fluid. Anything can change, but that's that's where he's at right now. Dude, a round two grade in the NFL, you're making some money, man. Some money. Like, not top five pick, but you're making millions of dollars that is hard to turn down yeah i mean that's sort of the benchmark for me is if you're gonna go second round or better go yeah if you're not you're really taking a risk i completely agree i think yeah i think there's like significant stats to back that up too Mm -hmm. yeah because i mean there there's of course always the outliers that'll go in the fourth fifth sixth round and turn out to be studs but more often than not, that one extra year in the NFL might have, or in college rather, might have boosted your stock, gotten you more money. And yeah, the, the question always comes down to it of like, anything can happen in that final year of college. You don't want to risk injury. You don't want to risk more wear and tear. You don't want to risk your stock going down. It, it's tough, man. It becomes a business decision. But I love that Pat Fryermuth is coming back. I think he is. So do I, man. I think he is such a big piece of our offense. And I don't think we used him nearly enough this year. Like. <laughs> We'll get to that later in, my, in, I'm sure, another Ricky Ronnie rant that I'll have eventually. I think make that guy a focal point of this offense. And, I mean, forget forget Mackey Award. This guy's going to be a fucking unanimous All-American. Like, he's that good. Agreed. Heisman finalist. Heisman finalist. Pat Pat Heard it here first. No names all game. Uh, the next one came out uh, today, I think, right? Mike Mennett, our center deciding to stay he was another one that uh we talked about is probably we talked mostly about pat and kj being the top two decisions but mike is probably that third if you had to rank them um this is a big deal man i know i know you're the offensive line guru of this podcast what's your oh, yeah. what's your thoughts on mike manic coming back uh i mean I, it's got to be a smart decision for him again i don't he did not seem like a guy who was going to be a top two round pick and i i forget the exact stats but it's something like there's it, overwhelming, like, odds, and if you leave early and don't get, end up getting picked in the top two rounds, like, things don't work out that well for you. Yeah. So, a smart decision, you know, get your degree, get an extra year in college to look better, to improve your stock, and to improve as a player. Because the NFL doesn't give you a lot of time to improve as a player. It's not like you, you know, you get drafted by an NFL team, and they're going to hold on to you for three years while you improve. Yeah. That's like, a you really can do good a lot point. of improvement in one year in college that they're not going to allow you to do in two months in the NFL before they cut you from a roster. That's a really good point. I I think that's especially true for guys that don't get drafted early. Like, if you're a first-round pick, of course they're going to give you some time. If you're a second-round pick, all right, you have a little bit of leeway. Once you get in that third round, man, they're going to cut bait with you earlier than later. Like, it's going to happen. So that's a really good point. Um, If you get past the fourth round and you just – they don't really care if you stick on that 64-man roster. If anything, they'll give you one season. Yeah. Yeah, so I think I think this is huge. 
Um, I'm very happy because I, I, Mike Mennett's a guy that I've I've loved. Obviously, I'm our our recruiting guru. Uh, I followed him since the days of him being in high school and being the five star blue chip prospect for Pennsylvania, going to be the best offensive lineman we've ever had. Um, they redshirted him his freshman year, which like I hated at the time, but now kind of great because we get him for one more year. Um, and then he's he's kind of come on slow. Like he, I think he played a little guard. He, he moved over to center. Um, at this point, he is a, a leader of our offensive line. He is the center. He calls the plays. Um, the team absolutely respects him. You can kind of see it just how they talk about each other. Um, he was on the Remington Award watch list, which is the best center in the country. Um, I don't think he's a finalist. Maybe he is. I'm sorry. I don't know. Um, I think this next year is is his year to assert himself as a top center in the country. Like, yeah, this is a huge pull for us getting him back for an, another year. Huge, especially, especially like, with Sean Clifford another season and off season under his belt. Yes, Pat Fryermuth coming mm-hmm. back. Uh, yeah, there's I, there's I, a lot of there's some good tools coming back next season. I think I and think the have Michael Mennon, one of them is great. I think the chemistry <clears throat> of Michael Mennon and Sean Clifford having another year is huge, and I think Michael Mennon anchoring the offensive line for another year is huge. We've we've seen last year we lost we lost Bates and McGovern. Two guys that both went early that were kind of stalwarts on that offensive line. Imagine had they both stayed this year, like our offensive line would have been really, really good. So this is one of those where we've always we've always scratched the surface of the offensive line, sort of turning that corner and getting to the point where hey, we're not really talking about them anymore. Um, we got to that point this year, but there were still some question marks, still some concerns. So like yeah, we lose Steven Gonzalez, he's out of eligibility, but most of your line comes back. Menard at center. Thorpe and Miranda at guard with now someone else pushing them to, because remember, it was Gonzalez and those two rotating. <laughs> and then you look at your tackles, and it's uh, Rashid Walker in his second year at left tackle. You got Will Fries, which I love. I love. I think Rashid Walker's going to be very, very good. For as much as much questions as we had coming into the year about him starting, he, he held his own. He wasn't a liability. Yeah. We didn't talk about him a lot. Like I don't know if he was amazing, but he did good enough. Um so I think that's exciting. And then right tackle, you look at Will Fries coming back another year. I think you're going to see Caden Wallace push for push for that position too. He was a big-time offensive tackle recruit. He's a freshman this year. You're going to see some real competition happening, and I, I think this is huge. So this is a long-winded answer to say Michael Mennett coming back is probably not the flashiest thing you'll see. Obviously, Pat Fryberth is, is the bigger one. But, yeah, it, it's important, man. Um, next one, we knew it was coming. Everyone in the world knew it was coming, but it's still heartbreaking. Yitor Grossmatos off to the NFL. Honestly, the most heartbreaking thing about this one for me is that he didn't get to play his last game in Beaver Stadium. Did he not play this? Oh, yeah. yeah. Shit, he didn't play at all. <clears throat> yeah. Wow. I didn't That's honestly because that. I knew he was going. Yeah. He's projected first rounder, and I think he's going to test very well. So he'll very likely stay there. You don't. You don't not leave early if you're going to be a first round pick. Of course, that's of just course. it's just a, the smart thing to do. Yeah, ninety eight percent of the time. Yeah, it's a bad life decision. It's a bad business decision if you stay for another year. I mean, we've talked about it. We've seen him mocked in like the teens or the early twenties. Yeah. Like he's going to go mid to late first round. That's millions of dollars for yeah, your family. Worst case scenario, he's a second round pick. Yeah, I don't see any chance of that happening. Um, yeah, he did miss the Rutgers game. I forgot about that. 
I wasn't really paying as much of attention as I should be. Um, but yeah, he was. Uh, they said his arm was in a brace or something like that. Yeah. Um, I mean, if anything, that probably was good for a stock, considering how underwhelming our defensive line was during that game. Yeah. Yeah. So honestly, I'm okay with that. Um, he had a really nice letter. It, it's cool. The Penn State, uh, you know, graphics department does these. Uh, like visuals for them all to make their make their announcements and his his is really nice you know thanking thanking the coaches the fans you know uh, coach Franklin coach Spencer particularly for giving him the opportunity to come play really heartfelt you could tell you could tell he cares um, and this was not something he took super lightly and I loved he ended it with I look forward to suiting up for the blue and white one final time in our bowl game we are That's it. and I like that guarantee that he, you know he's not going to be one of the bowl game sitouts. To protect his draft stock, I yep. love that. He's a, he's a nittany lion through and through, man. Yeah, exactly. And and Coach Spencer had some really nice words on on that. He, uh, you know, because he he tweeted out his thing. Coach Spencer replied back. He said, uh, "One of the greatest players I have ever coached. Tremendous work ethic and passion for the game of football. I can't wait to see you skyrocket at the next level. I love the man that you've become. Wild dogs for life. Stay blessed, Lobo, which is his uh, his Twitter yeah. handle." Just awesome, man. He he is like you said. He's Penn State through and through. He's one of those high character guys. We've all seen the pieces, the the articles, and the videos on him and his family situations and his upbringing. Like this is a guy that you just you can't not root for. I don't care who you're a fan of. Um, I made the commitment last week to buy his jersey. I'm gonna buy his jersey eventually. Don't care what team he goes to. Hopefully, it's not the Patriots. I was gonna say, um, got to pray it's not the Patriots. <laughs> any other team, I'll buy his jersey. But I'm just, I'm so happy for him, man. Happy that he's gonna suit up. Um, I'd imagine he plays part of the bowl game, you know, probably half, three quarters. Like, they're not going to grind him out. But, uh, yeah, he's going to... I think they're going to play him as needed by the game. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, if it's, you know, if we're if we're handling things, maybe they take him out early to, to protect him. But if it's a... I think it's, if it's a close game, they're just going to keep him in. True. And I feel like he's the guy that would want to stay in, so... 100%. Uh, that's why he's suited up for the game to begin with. Exactly, yeah. And I like that he addressed that, so it's not even a question. Um, Agreed. So best of luck to you, Tor. We love you, man. Uh, cannot wait to see you at the next level. <coughs> so I think really the last one, the last one that we're waiting on is KJ. Um, I think the rest yeah. of the guys we've, we've talked about, uh, I don't, you know, Tariq Castro-Fields, I don't think is going. Wade, I don't think is going. Shaka Tony, I don't think is going. Like at this point, I'm, I, I like that I like that Pat, Mike, and Yitor have all made these announcements pretty quickly. Like a lot of times, yeah. it's a lot of times it's after the bowl game, after the championship games. Like I like that we're kind of getting it out there. So I'm almost wondering, do you think KJ is waiting until after the bowl game? I guess we'll see. <laughs> I can I could see him like I don't want to say yes, then he announces tomorrow. Right. True. True. Um, but what? All right. Let's let's refresh. What's your gut instinct at this point? Seeing Pat and Mike come back, Etor going. Where do you think KJ lands? Well, with, with- Pat and Mike coming back, it makes me feel like KJ is going to come back too. But I don't want to get my hopes up. I still kind of think he's leaving. I I am much more on the side that he's coming back at this point because it's like it's that unfinished business mentality. We had so many people. That, he's also one of those kids that would like that would really matter to him, like an unfinished business kind of mm-hmm. thing. Like he's the kind of guy who would come back because he thinks we can win a Big Ten championship next year, like go to the playoff and win a national championship. Absolutely, like, that's right. definitely yeah. in his blood. Yeah, and I think he he and I think he, in that same sentiment, he's thinking of like, who cares? It's one more year in wear and tear. I'm still gonna ball in the NFL. I'll be fine. We've seen him. He is no fear. He takes every ball out of the end zone. He takes any kind of hit. Like he doesn't care, and that's an incredible trait to have on the field. But I think this is the time in in people's careers where, unfortunately, you have to start thinking of you know not just as a competitor and as 
wanted to do anything for your brothers, but where does this leave me in life? Where does this leave me in, in my career and all that kind of stuff? So, I mean, it's a super tough decision and I'm, you know, I'm going to be super happy for KJ either way, but I, I think Pat Fry was coming back, Mike Mandic coming back, none of the other guys leaving, Justin Shorter transferring. Like I, I could see KJ being like, fuck this, I'm coming back. We're going to go out there and we are going to get it done. Um, did you see, uh, who is it? Jahan Dotson had a tweet. Um, cause today I'm going to get one of those. I yeah, promise. Today is the three year anniversary of, uh, our win of the big 10 championship. Um, the best game I've ever been to in person. I was there. Not a big deal. It was amazing. Um, yeah. And he, and John Dawson tweeted like, I'm going to get one of these. I promise. And a bunch of other players were like quote tweeting it and liking it and like, Oh, I promise. Oh, big facts. Oh yeah. 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 Like that seems to be the mentality on this team. We've heard how many times that this team is closer than other teams in the past. Like, it just, I don't know, I, I'm with you. I don't want to get my hopes up, but I am so, so, so waiting. I have my alerts on, on KJ Hamler tweets, and every time he retweets, he retweets like a meme, and I get an alert. I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> but I mean, imagine this team next season, Clifford, Mennett, KJ, Pat, Jahan, Micah Parsons, Shaka Tony, like all these guys. Dude, there's so many pieces. Like, we talked about the seniors that we're losing last week, and we love those guys. Jaquan Brisker. Your Brandon guy. Smith. Dude, there's so much. I mean, the the whole running back room comes back. Like, it's there is there is so much talent on this team. Another year of these guys together could be amazing. And KJ is an X factor, man. Like, was this year his greatest year statistically? Probably not. But was he still our most explosive player on offense? Yeah. Like, when he has the ball, he's electric. So stay tuned. We'll probably see something. Um, I would imagine if it's not tomorrow, it's after the bowl game. Um, like, I don't think he's going to let it linger. Like, I think they're all getting their, their announcements out now. I would Maybe not tomorrow, but within the next day or two. If not, I would imagine we don't hear anything until after the bowl game. Yeah, because I think once Pat came out and did his, they're all like, all right, if I know, might as well get it done now. Yeah. It also wouldn't shock me if Cage is the guy who doesn't do one of those like graphics and writes out a letter, and he's just tweets like, I'm coming back, let's get this. Like, that wouldn't yeah. shock me at all. All right, um, so let's flip to Big Ten Awards. Tonight, the Big Ten gave out awards for defense and special teams. And your boy, our boy, the humble beast, Micah Parsons, is your Big Ten Linebacker of the Year. Of course he is. It's fucking awesome. He's incredible. He is. And he's a true sophomore. It Remember is that, so people. This kid's like 19 years old. It's crazy to me. We've tweeted it. We've talked about it. Not only is he a true sophomore, he's only been playing linebacker for two years. He yeah. was a defensive end slash running back in high school. He moved Kids to the position. He's a freak. He's a basket alive. What movie is that? Uh, Super bad. Super bad. Kids a freak. He's a basket alive. <laughs> like that's Micah Parsons in a nutshell. He moved to linebacker because the team needed it, and he knew he could do it, and he's just absolutely dominated. Like absolutely dominated. Um, very, very happy for him. Again, this shouldn't be a surprise. He's on the national award list. Um, he's a finalist for that. I, I finally did look up the other uh, finalists. So it is Logan Wilson from Wyoming, Evan Weaver from California. I'm sure someone from Georgia's on there. Nope. No, uh, oh, surprising. Nope. So you got the Logan Wilson, Wyoming, Evan Weaver, California, Isaiah Simmons, Clemson, Mike Parsons, Penn State, Jordan <coughs> Brooks, Texas Tech, and Zach Bond, Wisconsin. Um, 
true story, the only one of these that I've heard of, and maybe this is my own like ignorance and naivety, is Isaiah Simmons from Clemson. I think he's a, I think he's a top draft pick that they're talking about. So he's probably the real competition that he has. Um, I was I was surprised to see Zach Bond from Wisconsin. So there are two Big Ten linebackers. He's obviously um, not winning. No, not if, if Micah won the Big Ten award. Come on. Um, but it's funny when I saw Micah win the Big Ten, I was like, oh yeah, that's that's a given. And then I thought I was like, oh, I wonder if there's even another Big Ten linebacker on the Butkus, you know, national award. And I was kind of shocked to see that one. So. Again, having knowing nothing about any of these national guys, I think it's Micah Parsons or Isaiah Simmons from Clemson, um, and I think I think Micah wins it, man. I think uh, I was reading a tweet that this one gets announced next week, I think, uh, December tenth, the national awards. So stay tuned for that. But Micah Parsons, we get him for one more year, and then he'll be off to the NFL as well. I mean, that's a given. The kid is just so special, man. He is so special for as as up and down as his recruitment was. As much as I thought he was going to Ohio State after he named his dog Brutus, um, I was terrified. I really was. But I am so happy he ended up at Penn State. I think it's I think it's been such a ride for him, and can't wait to see what he does does next. Yeah, I mean, look out for a 2020 Heisman winner, Michael Parsons. Hey, man, Chase Young setting that blueprint right now of defensive for Heisman. Let's see, two years in a row. Let's when do he it. Puts up 400 tackles. <laughs> and 80 sacks. 85 sacks, <laughs> a million fumbles, 3,000 interceptions. Yeah, it's just next level. 46 touchdowns. Um, <laughs> but this Big Ten linebacker of the year um, has been going on for nine years. There are two other Penn Staters that have won it. Do you know who the other two are? Michael Motti. Yep. Um, and I'm going to say it, it was either Mike Hall or Sean Lee. Michael. Michael. Yep. Mike and Mike. Mike Mike, Mike, Mike and Mike. Um, Mike, Mike, and Mike still. Hey, Mike, Mike, and Micah. Not bad. Not bad. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't realize that. I, I saw a tweet that this is only the ninth year, I guess maybe the tenth year, um, that they've been doing this individual award. But that's not bad. Yeah, Sean Lee's probably Three. too old for that, isn't he? Yeah, probably. Probably just missed him. Uh, but not bad. Three out of nine years, or three out of ten years, 30%, 33%. Suck it, Big Ten. Uh, all right, some other linebacker you for a reason. That's true, very true. Some other Big Ten awards. Uh, Blake Gillikin, the mullet, the punter, Big Ten sportsmanship award for Penn State. I I thought it was a Big Ten award where one guy got it, then I realized every team gets a sportsmanship award, so still very cool, not quite as cool as I thought it was. Um, but yeah, I mean, Blake Gillikin, scholar, athlete, gentleman. Great hair. Like, there's there's not a whole lot you can say about that. Just very happy for him. Um, he's out out of eligibility. We're going to miss Blake. I think we're going to miss him more than we realize. We'll talk a little bit later about uh, the punter situation going into next year. But I'm happy for him. Good good way to go out. Um, way to be a sportsman, Blake. Way, way to be a sportsman. How do you think they vote on that? Like, is that, is that like, is that just the coach of each Yeah, the coach probably just gives him a name. Right? <laughs> like, do, could you imagine they go around to other coaches of the Big Ten? Hey, who do you think is the best sportsman? sportsman? Hey, you know, probably the punter. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, did anyone give you guys nice compliments after the game? Anyone uh, Anyone not untie your shoes? Like, what, what happened over there? Uh, but yeah, Blake Kilkin, very happy. Uh, but the, the bigger stories of the night, uh, they gave out um, all Big Ten defense and special teams. Special teams, we'll start there because it's a little bit um, not as cool. Both coaches and media, uh, only honorable mentions. 
So Blake for punter, Pinnegar as a kicker, and KJ as a returner. All honorable honorable mention. None of them made first, second, third team. Um, any gripes with that? Not really. I'm, I yeah. don't have a huge uh, wealth of knowledge on Big Ten kickers and punters. Really? Come I know. On, dude. I know. I'm sorry. Like, what are you doing on this podcast? <laughs> um, honorable mention is kind of funny to me. We'll talk about it a little bit once we get to uh, once we get to defense. Like, I feel like they just throw everyone on honorable mention. Like, why not throw Jordan Stout on there? He had a big ass leg. Um, and he kicked like three field goals, didn't he? Yeah, but he how many touchbacks? Touchback Jesus. That's true. You know, if you're talking about kickoff specialists, I don't know. Um, is what it is. All three are honorable mention. Unfortunately, didn't get on any of the teams. Let's flip to defense. Um, so I think it was 13 total guys received honors. Um, or maybe it was 10 and then the three from special teams. I don't know. I saw a tweet about 13. It's late, guys. Deal with me. Um, first team, unanimous from both coaches and media, Yitor Grossmatos, Micah Parsons. Makes sense. Absolutely. I mean, is there a better D-end in the Big Ten besides Chase Young than Yitor Grossmatos? I'm sure AJ Epines is pretty close, but yeah, yeah, he's probably the only other one I'd say. I mean, there's there's so many good D linemen in the Big Ten, and there always is. But I, I think if you're talking D ends, it's it's Chase Young, Yitor, AJ Epines. Um, Epines might get drafted above uh, Yitor just because he's I don't know he may have quote unquote more upside, but like personally, and this is super biased. I think Yitor is a better player. Oh, of course, um, better guy too. Probably a bigger dick. If I had to guess probably. I, yeah, if I had to guess, much bigger dick. Yeah. yeah. Um, shout out to you. <laughs> Where, what are we doing on this podcast? See, guys, this is what happens when the when we're going to rip a video of that on Twitter and tag him in it. I will not do that. I will not listen. I love tagging the guys. I love when they see some of our stuff. This is one I will not be sending. Confirm or deny, just what the people need to know. <laughs> listen, I hope we can get him on this show someday when he's an NFL player. Uh, It'll be compliments be like that that get him on here. That's true. That's true. All right. Now you're forward thinking. Um, but anyway, first team, both coaches and media, Itor and Micah. Um, after that, things shake up. So, like, I think personally, I think the coaches is more accurate. I think I trust the coaches more. I think they obviously know what they're talking about more than the media. Um, <coughs> I think the results show. So let's talk media first. Media gave first team to Itor and Micah, third team to Tariq Castro Fields. So we had no second. And then honorable mentions to Cam Brown, Jan Johnson, John Reed, Garrett Taylor, Shaka Tony, Lamont Wade, and Robert Windsor. Which again, it just feels like they're like if we had that many guys on honorable mention, how many other teams had that many guys? Like it, honorable mention just seems like hey, list everyone if they're semi good. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, but we go to coaches, and I think this I think this is where it's actually more more accurate, and I agree with these. So again, Etor and Micah, first team, Shaka Tony, second team. Which I think is I think is very warranted. I think I don't know if his stats necessarily line up with some of the other DNs in the Big Ten. I think he's been a force this year, man. I think he's gotten the pressures. He's gotten that speed rush. He's become a more complete DN. I think he deserves that a ton. Oh yeah. I'm very excited to see him next season. Definitely. And and like I said, he's one that technically could could leave, but I, I don't think we'll see that at this point. Um I mean he he becomes a starting DN next year, like and I mean, he was this year, but we had more rotation kind of thing, right? So like, he it's next year, it's what? It's him and Jason Oa probably with Shane Simmons in there, yeah. it's Isaac in there. But like, those are the guys. It's it's Shaka and Jason probably once you lose Yitor. Um, so I love that. 
And then third team by the coaches, Rob Windsor and Cam Brown, which, again, I agree because I think both of those guys are higher than an honorable mention. Robert Windsor, I thought, had a huge year, uh, especially based off expectations, which were, like, pretty middle of the road. He had a gigantic season. Yeah. Yeah, and I think Cam Brown, too. Yeah. Like, he's been – he's a guy that is just a very good linebacker. Like, you, you, you may not, you know, give him the lion of the week. You may not give him a Big Ten baller of the week, those kind of things. But, like – he is a very good, consistent linebacker who's gonna do what you need him to do. Like he's just that guy. Um, so I love that. I love seeing these guys get met recognition. Uh, honorable mention by by the coaches are the rest of those guys that I rambled off before: Tariq, Jan Johnson, John Reed, uh, Garrett Taylor, and Lamont Wade. Um, I think Lamont getting you know honorable mention on both and not even a third team might be a little bit of a snub. Yeah, with the way he's that's playing I felt down it the too. stretch. Um, but I think the others are fair. Like, Tariq had his moments. Third by the media, I thought was maybe a little bit generous. Um, I think he I think he kind of falls into that honorable mention. Um, that's not a knock. That's just kind of how I see it. But, like, guys like Jan Johnson, John Reed, Garrett Taylor, yeah, I think I think they've had good seasons. Um, I would have put Lamont Wade in at least third. Yeah, I agree with that as well. Um, but yeah, pretty cool to see, see our guys recognized. Uh, offense, I believe, gets announced tomorrow. Um, any predictions for where some of the offensive guys might land? Um, I think KJ and Pat gotta be at least second teamers. Yeah, I <laughs> actually, agree. I don't know, but there's some good wide receivers in Big Ten, so KJ yeah. might be a third teamer. I was gonna say Pat's so, gotta um, be at least first or second team. I agree. I think Pat. Um, there's the one dude. One of the dudes, I think, is up for the Mackey Award from the Big Ten, isn't he? Um, I don't know. Yeah, I think I think Pat's up there for sure. Um, I think KJ, it's tough, man, because uh, do you follow Pro Football Focus at all? No. Um, I'm not a huge fan of them because they are very, like, analytical. Like, they they give out grades for everyone, and it's all about analytics and and percentages of how many times they did this and this and this and it's very technical and like i don't think that always translates um but they're right on some like they'll do mock drafts and they'll have a guy in like the top 10 that none of none of the scouts ever have there but they're like oh and his grade is so good and it's just that kind of stuff annoys me um but they did their like team of the year and they they had um i think micah was a, i think they have micah as a first team uh, all american on their grades they seem right. the best Best run-stopping linebacker in the country, which I thought was awesome. Um, I'm trying to find these tweets because there's so many of them on this fucking thing. Um, hang on. I'll edit this part It's out. a deep they, wide receiver class overall this season, I think, is part of it. That's one thing that yeah. might make KJ come back. I don't know what the wide receiver class for next year looks like, but I can't imagine it's better than this year. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, I wouldn't be surprised so if you see Menit on an All-American mm-hmm. list. Yeah, so this is this is let's let's get some uh, uh, Big Ten offense, all American. We'll get to that in a second. But as far as Big Ten offensive players of the year, um, Pro Football Focus does have Pat as their tight end. So I, I think he could be one, maybe two, but I think he should be one. Um, but they have KJ Hamler as their punt returner for the um, Big Ten team. Because think about it, dude, the the wide receivers in the Big Ten: Rashad Bateman from Minnesota, Tyler Johnson from Minnesota. Chris Olave from Ohio State. Pretty damn good. Um, Going to be hard for KJ to beat any of those guys just based on kind of like statistics. Um, and there's some others that, that didn't make this. I, I hate 
saying this on Pro Football Focus because I, I probably trash them sometimes, but it's a decent indicator, I guess. Um, on their defensive team, they only had Micah Parsons uh, for Big Ten. So here nor there, what I'm saying basically is the Big Ten offense. I think KJ, I think, will have a tougher time cracking the wide receiver than Pat does for... Um, oh, yeah. Because like if they, if they put, I don't know how many wide receivers they put on like first team. Did they pick two first team, two second I would guess team, two. two third team? Um, so yeah, I think KJ could be second to third. Yeah. Um, Menet, I wouldn't be surprised if Clifford's like a third or an honorable mention. Yeah, and I, honestly, I think uh, Jahan Dotson wouldn't surprise me as a third teamer either. I think he's had a, a quietly... I think he'll probably player. be an honorable mention though. <laughs> probably. Um, I, you know what I would love to see? I would love to see the coaches give him a third. The media, whatever, I don't give a fuck. I would love to see the coaches recognize some game, recognize the things that he's been able to do. Yeah. All right, we're rambling about awards that are going to come out by the time you're listening to this, so hopefully we're right. Yeah, <laughs> um, moving on, uh, some more last awards. Our friends at Nittanyville are finalists for student section of the year. Let's fucking go. Woo! I, uh, we should just I hand, them the, hand them the hand them the award already. Yeah, I mean it's they they won so many weeks this year. They won as an away team. Um, I don't see. Let's see. They tweeted it out. Win student section of the week at home. Win student section of the week on the road. Make Michigan call a timeout before a single second came off the clock. Undefeated at home in the third time for four years. Created seismic activity. Pretty damn cool. So the final four is Penn State, LSU, Clemson, and Utah. Give it to the Nittany Lions. Yeah. Just give it to them. They're that good. I mean, this student section, and of course we're biased, but this student section is so damn good. Um, we had Cameron, the, the president of Nittany Vale on before the season, uh, tweeted at him today. We'll have him back on after they win it. Um, they deserve it, man. They got snubbed last year. They should have won last year. They didn't. We gave them the... Um, no names all came student section of the year, which some people are saying is more prestigious. I'm not. Yeah, saying I, that. I've some heard that. Are saying that. I've heard it. Yeah, it's it's trending. It's trending I'm calling. A, I'm calling a repeat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that honestly, they have a good chance to win the no names all game and the Taco Bell Live Mod. Four more years. <laughs> Pretty important. So shout out to everyone involved in Nittanyville. Really, really cool to see that. Um, all right, a couple more quick hitters. Uh, those those first ones, I'm not even going to call those quick hitters. We're, we need a new name for topics that we go in, in depth on hitters. Uh, at the beginning of the show. Just hitters. Just hitters? Hitters. Okay. Hitters. So those, <laughs> those were your hitters. Uh, here are your quick hitters. Uh, let's talk a little NFL. Um, some guys doing some things this week. Uh, I know I, I repeated myself last week when I did these, but this is the first, first time I'm saying them this week. Uh, Alan Robinson. Eight receptions, 86 yards, and a touchdown on Thanksgiving. Very nice. Uh, Miles Sanders continues his rookie campaign. 17 carries for 83 yards, and then five receptions for 22 and a touchdown. Uh, the Dolphins just decided not to cover him on that touchdown. It was pretty good. <laughs> um, Mike Kosicki, five catches for 79 yards, and a touchdown in his second straight week. Had a touchdown, his first touchdown last week. Starting to ball uh, out. Man, it, it almost reminded me of the one he had in the Big Ten Championship uh, those years ago. It was like corner of the end zone, leaped up, fully extended, kind of turned around. Shows you the athleticism of what he can do. I hope I hope they figure it out in Miami and get him a young quarterback that can actually do something. Like, It's cool to see Fitzpatrick starting to target him and 
getting him going. Fitzpatrick's not going to. We all know that only lasts one season, though. If the <laughs> Fitzmagic well. is a one is a one season kind of thing. We know this all too well as Jets fans. I hope they get their guy in Tua <laughs> or Justin Herbert or whoever they're going to go after. Because um, Mike Gesicki, man, don't waste his talent. The kid's real good. He can do some things for you. Uh, a couple others. Austin Johnson, Tennessee Titans, had a blocked field goal. That was pretty cool. Uh, Amani Oruwari led the Detroit Lions with seven tackles this week. Uh, also, the Detroit Lions just activated Jason Cabinda to their 53-man roster from the practice squad today. So, Not damn time. Um, yeah, good things happen in the NFL, as usual. Um, those are just stats. I don't have any comments there. Anything, <laughs> anything else to say on that? Good job, boys. Good job, boys. Um, we added a punter today. Quick hitter. Uh, punter for the 2020 class. Uh, what is his name? Forrest something? Oh, this is bad. I should edit this out, Chris. I won't edit it out. You guys will see the whole thing. Um, but punters, specialists in general, I always say this, are, are a little bit difficult to like rate. His, uh, his bio says five-star punter. You go to like, <coughs> services and it's a two-star, but, but that's because they don't value punters. You have to go to like one of the actual kicking services, which is kind of comical that we have that. Uh, but there's Cole's kicking, there's Corn Blue kicking. That's uh, Pat Cole McAfee. Him, honestly, I would love Pat McAfee to give me his his insight on this kid. Um, but Cole's kicking, which is one of the more reputable ones, has him as the number six punter in the class. Uh, they said his name is Forrest or Levi Forrest. Pretty good name. Yeah, I'll take it. I think it's from Virginia, right? From Virginia. Uh, they said Forrest attended his first Coles ranking camp in May of 2019. He impressed everyone with his huge hang times and overall leg speed. Forrest has long levers and is easily able to hit college-level punts. His A-ball is outstanding. Forrest also hit some of the biggest kickoffs at the camp with over 200 campers. Forrest does need some refinement technically in the years to come, but he is a can't-miss D1 punting prospect. His frame will easily add 20 pounds in the next year. Gotta like that leg speed. Yeah. I don't know anything about punting, but that sounds good. Um, we have a Twitter question on punting later, so we'll save that. Um, but I did get a question of, is this a scholarship or is this a preferred walk-on? Because we only have one or two more scholarships in this class. My guess is it's a preferred walk-on. We did not get a we are better tweet from Franklin, which he always does when there's a scholarship commit. Um, and honestly, this is kind of what happens with specialists. Unless you get a guy like Blake Gilligan, who is a top-notch punter, you're not giving out scallies for them. So, uh, welcome to the show, Levi Forrest. Um, all right, the last of the quick hitters is some college coaching changes. The carousel has begun. People are getting fired. People are getting stepping, or people are stepping down. They're not getting steps down. I'm all over the place tonight. Uh, biggest one, probably uh, maybe the most shocking, Chris Peterson steps down from the University of Washington head coach. Did you see this? Did you hear about this? Steps down. Mm-hmm. Interesting. He has a career record of 146 and 38, winning Good percentage record. of a 79%, which is second among active FBS coaches. Well, it's not active Trails. anymore. Yeah, that's true. Very true. Hey, technicalities. We're going to we're going to call you on your shit here. Um, but he trails Dabo, who's at an 81%, so trails him by just 2%, and is one spot ahead of Alabama's Nick Saban. Um, this is just kind of shocking because he's been so good, 
we've talked some smack on Washington when they get ranked high in the polls early preseason. We're like, what the hell, Washington? But when you look at it, this dude, Chris Peterson, has actually done some really good things. I didn't really see this one coming. Yeah, neither would I. I mean, they had a down year. Um, yeah. I, I believe they I, ended unranked, correct? Um, yeah, that sounds right. Uh, but, I mean, stepping down. That's in, that, I wonder if that's a personal thing. Yeah, so that's, that's what a lot of people are talking to is like uh, in the last few years, you know, three of college football's premier coaches have stepped down in their 50s. Peterson, uh, Urban Meyer, and Bob Stoops. Um, and there's people were saying, like, is this the start of a new trend? Guys retiring in their 50s and not going into their, you know, late years like a Nick Saban or a Bear Bryant or a Joe Pa or anything like that. I don't know, man. I think it's one of those things, like, I think Urban's coming back, so write that off. Like, Probably. Uh, I don't know. Like, th- this might be one where it was just maybe he thought it was his time and didn't want to drag things out. Because they, they are, I think they already hired their other coach internally. Like, I, I don't know if it's official or if it's an intern, but they have they have another guy. Um, yeah, it's interesting, man. I, uh, I I think this is one to keep an eye on, where you see some of these head, head coaching vacancies that, for some reasons, James Franklin is always linked to. Chris Peterson is a guy to keep an eye out. If he wants to continue coaching, he will be the first call on many, many lists. I can't um, imagine he's going to be taking a job right away, though. Yeah, if you're going to, I mean, Washington, again, you're in the Pac 12. There's not a ton of competition. Like, if you're a good team in the Pac 12, you can own that shit. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely a little surprising. Um, next one, I didn't even know this guy's name, I'll be honest. Uh, Matt Luke fired at Old Miss. Actually, I wrote it down as Mike Lake. Cause that's Mike Lake, that. Matt Luke, same but, thing. It's close. But Matt Luke fired at Old Miss. He's only been there, I think, two or three years, but this has had a huge impact on Ole Miss. Did you see what happened to their recruiting class? Six of their guys decommitted, right? In a single day. They lost two four-stars, four three-stars. That's 26% of their class. And, like, I'm sure Ole Miss has no five-stars. So Dude, two been, four-stars? That's huge. It's a big they've deal. They've been on the decline for a long time. Um, there's a report that, quote, half the team going to transfer because they're so irate about this and they're so curious about this. They must have loved the guy. I did hear a story about how the entire team walked out on a meeting with the uh, athletic director. Yeah. And they just... How much could they love this guy? They weren't doing that well. No, but I mean, I think this, I think this goes to show that like just firing, firing everyone and starting over, even though it's the best idea, we'll get into the, uh, you know, James Franklin conversation after the Rutgers talk. But I think I think this just goes to show, man. It's it's not always just clean house and get new people in. Like there is something to say for consistency, or, or or at least at least some stability within the program. If it's you know if your if your head coach has to go, make it amicable and promote another guy that the kids love. Like losing six of your twenty three recruits this late in the game in December when bro early signing period is this month. People can put kids can put pen to paper this month. February is the real one. They can do it this time too, though. Like that is a huge loss. Yeah, they're gonna have to hire a new coach in like two weeks. Yeah. Oh no, those kids aren't coming back, and it wouldn't shock me if they lose a couple more. Like that is huge. So thoughts and prayers to Ole Miss fans. That that sucks. (laughs) Um, Last coaching thing. Your hometown, Pride of Piscataway. Mm, Yeah. Rutgers has a coach. Sing us the song. You're the Shiano man. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm officially naming Rutgers my Big Ten Bozo of the Week for this hire. <laughs> Dude, we, we talked about it last week. I said they were a Bozo for not hiring them, so they're back on my board. I think it's a good hire, man. I don't. Who else are you going to get? You're Rutgers. I don't know, but Shiano's not that good. I don't think he's that good, but he's you gotta fight. Cash. You can't tell me there's not like a guy from New Jersey who's a decent coach who wants to try and build up a program from his home state. Yeah, his name's Greg Shiano. Ugh, God. He's Is he bum. from Jersey? Sounds like he should be. I don't know. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, this is the time of the year coaching carousels happening. Clay Helton was fired at USC, then he wasn't. There was a report, it started to go, Bleacher Report tweeted the notification out. ESPN tweeted the notification out that he'd been fired. And then USC was like, no, this is fake news. That didn't happen. So who knows what's happening there? Florida State is still looking for a coach. There's, there's some big programs out there that are going to need some head coaches this offseason. And James Franklin will be mentioned with every single one of them. Um, I don't think he's going anywhere. You want to have that conversation now or you want to save that? No, nah, he's not going He's not going anywhere. No conversation um, needed. He's staying. Pay the man. As long as we don't insult him with our offer, he's staying. Yeah. I mean, his quote was like, uh, what was his quote? Something about, you know, I hope this is wrapped up soon and we don't have to talk about it anymore. Um, I I don't think there, there, there was a report that he met with Florida State's people or Florida State's people talked to him. Like, if that's happening, it's, to, it's leverage, man. It's yeah. to get more money from Penn State. For facilities, for assistance, for whatever you need it for, like, hundred percent. I don't know. I, th- I think it's ridiculous to even have that conversation. So let's not. Um, those are your quick hitters. One hour into this episode, uh, very very quick as usual. Let's do a let's do a quick quick Rutgers recap. I don't have a ton on this game, but there's a couple things to talk about. You have a Big Ten baller in Bozo. You want to do that first? Well, my Bozo's Rutgers. Got it. Um, I don't think I have a bozo, honestly. I didn't really look up a whole lot here. Um, yeah, no bozo. Last week, you're all great. <laughs> Who's your Big Ten baller of the week? Do you have? I one? don't have one. <laughs> okay. I'll give it out. It's J.K. Dobbins, man. The dude is unreal. Um, I hate sucking Ohio State stick all the time, but like, he had three touchdowns in the first half. Um, just ran all over Michigan. They trounced Michigan, 56-27. to Um it's unreal that they legitimately could have three Heisman finalists in Dobbins, Fields, and Chase Young. Like, they, they won't do that. The Heisman committee won't. I don't think they would invite all three of them. That sounds kind of ridiculous. But Dobbins is the real deal, and he's going to be a solid running back at the next level. So that was your Big Ten baller and Bozo of the Week. That's a fair one. <laughs> all right, let's go, uh, let's go Rutgers, man. Lion and Lamb, who is your Lion of this week? Got to be Journey Brown, dude. The only guy on the team that really had like a great game. Um, I yeah. know he technically wasn't our leading rusher, but technically not. Yeah, 103 yards and three touchdowns, 33 long. He is a big reason we were even. We didn't like, like totally embarrass ourselves this game. Yeah, yeah, and honestly, we kind of we we didn't look good enough. We we kind of did embarrass ourselves, but not completely. We looked like dog shit. We looked bad. Um, but yeah, you mentioned it. Technically not our leading rusher. Will Levis had 108. Um, but Journey Brown averaging 6.4, the three touchdowns. Um, really a bit, bit of a sad story. Um, you know, uh, just last week he lost a, uh, a cousin, 17-year-old cousin, passed away just the past week. So obviously he was playing, playing for something a little extra. Um, there was a story about 
Um, also, why he wears uh, Nana on his neck, um, his, his grandmother, Nana, um, that, that he had a really close relationship um, with when he was younger that he plays with too. So he's another guy that you can just tell kind of like, you know, has the right mindset, does things for the right reasons, in it for, in it for the team and in it for kind of just, you know, anything that, that we need him to do, he's going to do. He's the man. Like, he, we have a question later about biggest surprise player this year. He's one of mine easily. Um, never expect, uh, and I've said this before, I did not view him as a, like, real running back. I figured he'd be a change of pace guy. I figured he'd be a rotational guy, and he's just, he's crushed it. So, yeah, Journey Brown, you are, you are aligned. Um, I was going to give, I was going to give it to him too, obviously. Could give it to Micah, but he won some accolades earlier today. He had a great game. Um, Cam Brown had a had a pretty good game. Uh, his last tackle ever in Beaver Stadium was a sack, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, you know what? I'm gonna give my Big Ten, or I'm sorry, my Lamb, not my Big Ten baller, my Lamb, just because I don't know if I've ever given it to this guy, and he won't ever get it again. Blake Gillikin. Shout out the punter. Uh, he had. You mean your lions? Yeah, that's what I say. You said Lamb. I'm not even drunk this week, guys. I promise. There you get Blake a lamb in his last game. Uh, no, I will give my lion to Blake Gillikin in his last game. Four punts, 197 yards. That's good for an average of 49.3. Not bad. He had a long of 72, which is an absolute moonshot off that foot. Um, I think he has a future in the NFL, man. As bad as as bad as kickers are, as bad as punters are. I mean, Sam Thicken's on the goddamn Jets. Like, I think Blake Gilligan, you're, you're going to see him in the NFL. Um, yeah, so Blake, you're my, you're my lion this week. Shout out to you, man. Lamb, who's your lamb? Uh, the entire Penn State coaching staff. Uh, wow, nice one. Yeah, I, this team just came out and played flat. And despite being vastly more talented than their opponent, they managed to actually be losing at some point in this game. Mm-hmm. Um they obviously did not come out motivated, which has to be on some part on the coaching staff. Uh, this game was not taken as seriously. Uh, the offense was run just like it wasn't there. And I understand we're operating without our starting quarterback, and it did look like there were some serious limitations on what Will Levis can do in the passing game. But it was just... And then even the defense, like even though we only gave up six points, they, they were Rutgers was getting yards, man. Mm-hmm. And, and this was I the mean, ugliest twenty-seven to six win I've ever seen. This is oh, a game that the spread was forty. Yeah, we should have murdered this team. Yeah, um, I'm happy I didn't bet the minus forty. <coughs> I wanted to, I didn't. Uh, yeah, mine was going to be Ricky Ronnie, and I know we we had this conversation last week, and, and you know where I'm I'm a little bit more harsh than you are, but I'm over it, man. This is Rutgers. I don't care that's your backup quarterback. You ran him 17 times and threw the ball 14. We completed eight passes against Rutgers. Dude, I don't care if you have a true freshman quarterback. I don't care if you have me in there as quarterback. Maybe that's an exaggeration. But still, you should be able to, as a Big Ten offensive coordinator on a team that is in contention for college football playoff, roll against Rutgers put together a game plan that gives him short to medium, high percentage passes, and put together drives. It felt like he had no confidence. It was basically like, oh, Will Levis is my quarterback, and all I can do is run with him. Sure, that works. Sure, he had 108 yards, but you can't do that every single play. 
Also, yeah, it was just an ugly day offensively. His 108, 49 of that came on one run. So, like, you take that out, you take that out, that's 16 carries for, like, 50-something. It's not, you know, you know, lighten up the stat sheet there. So, I, I don't know. For me, completing eight passes for 81 yards against Rutgers is inexcusable. Forget about losing Justin Shorter. I've spoken about that enough. Ricky Ronnie has got to go. I am over it. I, if you want to demote him, become a quarterback's coach again, may, I don't know, maybe you can do that. I, I'm over it, man. You can't do that. Eight for 14, 81 yards. And I don't even blame Levis. I don't. Like, sure, it's his first real game. There's going to be some jitters. Maybe he's not super accurate. you got to give the kid a recipe for success. You have to. Deep breath. Yeah, it just bums me out. 8 for 14, 81, whereas Rutgers quarterbacks threw for 200 yards against us. Like, that just, that doesn't scientifically add up. So, Ricky Ronnie, Ricky Ronnie, you are my lamb. Um, anything else to talk about of actual gameplay? Um, honestly, not really. There was just nothing remarkable happened in this game. No. Um, Will Levis had the one hurdle. That was kind of cool. Um, the one pass to Jahan Dotson that went for the touchdown, that was pretty nice. Like a, it's kind of a botched snap, and then he threw it up. Jahan made great play um, to, to beat a couple of defenders and score. Love seeing that. Um, but other than that, out of the eight passes, KJ had five catches for 22. Yikes. Pat had one for four. Yikes. It's just not there. So with that, let's flip to uh, – let's, let's close with some Twitter questions. It's a bit of a longer episode already. Um Thank you guys for writing in, as always. <clears throat> Let's start. I think I've got them all. There's a lot of there's a lot of uh, a lot of just commentary in our mentions from the game. We were talking about a lot of different things that were happening. Uh, a lot of people talking about how they'd love to see this group decide to come back and go for a national championship. That's what I guys guys should finish their degrees. And there is a whole lot of thing. I think we covered most of that. Happy that guys are coming back, but if they're gonna go, support them. Don't be a dick. Basically. Of um, as far as actual questions, first one comes from Quiz. Uh, Quiz. I promise, guys, I'm not drunk. <laughs> this one comes from Chris <laughs> Lions twenty six. Says, um, does Pat Fryermuth staying hurt Theo's chance of committing? In your opinions, so Theo Johnson, one of the top tight ends in the country, um, was a heavy Penn State lean for a while. Has pushed his decision. He was supposed to commit back in. I think back in September, October? No, November. Um, I was supposed to commit last month. Pushed it. Um, Penn State's still very much in the mix. Do you think Pat Frymuth staying hurts his chances of committing with us? No, I think he knows that Pat's got one season left. And I don't know how many kids are going to be like, listen, if I'm not the number one on your roster as a true freshman, I'm not showing up. That's pretty rare breed right there. Exactly, especially at tight end. I think maybe if you're like a QB or you're a running back trying to make impact on day one, maybe um, you know kids are afraid of a little competition or, or want to go somewhere where they know they can start. I, I think I think him delaying his decision hurt us a little bit because we were like the favorite for a while. So if he delayed it, maybe he was seeing something else or thinking about something else. But if you look at our tight end room, Pat stays, like you said, it's only one more year. He's absolutely going to the NFL after next year. Uh, we lose Bowers, who really was the number two this year. So next year it becomes Pat Frymuth. You've got Zach Kuntz, who 
super athletic, um, has shown some flashes, but didn't really play a whole lot. And Brenton Strange, who's true freshman, same thing. Played a little bit early on, but didn't. So, like, you could theoretically come in and be the number two guy. Yeah, he could be the Nick Bowers, which as a true freshman is pretty decent production. Yeah, and then you take over. Like, do do I want Zach and Brenton to be awesome? Of course. But, like, if you want to come in and really just, you know, blow the doors off this thing, you could be <laughs> the number two guy. So, no, I don't, I don't think this sways his decision, um, you know, one year versus a four-year decision. Shouldn't matter. Um, but I do worry a little bit since he delayed the decision. Uh, next one comes from Heather V. At all four Penn State. Love the commitment. Nice Twitter handle. Uh, Heather says, how does Shorter leaving the team affect the wide receiver room next year? And is there any possibility he stays and withdraws the, from the portal, especially with the possibility of KJ leaving early? I don't think KJ is going to make a big like, impact on Shorter's decision to stay or go. Um, my, sure, he can come back, but I honestly, I think he's probably gone. Uh, you see a guy leave at this – like not even stick around for the bowl game, just leaving at this point in the season – Seems to me like he's, and actually not even just not the bull game, the last game of the regular season. Seems to me like he's out. Yeah, I think he is too, which sucks. Because again, I love Justin Shorter. I I had really, really high hopes for him. Wanted to see him do amazing things. Um, I kind of get why you leave now. Um, You know, why, maybe why risk the last two games if you know you're going to leave anyway, if that's where your heart's at, if that's where your head's at. Um, Maybe gives you a a jump start on talking to other coaches, figuring out where you might want to land. I, I get it. Um, how does it affect the wide receiver room? I think is really interesting. Um, if KJ goes to the NFL, our wide receiver room looks very young. You know, it's Jahan Dotson as, as the main guy. Um, you've got guys like Matt Kippenhammer and Cam Sullivan Brown who didn't play a whole lot this year. Um, you have the two freshmen that came in this year. Um, the, the guys from Florida, John Dunmore and uh, TJ Jones, who didn't play at all. Um, you have five wide receivers coming in in this in this next class. Um, I won't remember all of them. Keandre Lambert is the prize jewel. Um, uh, Jaden Dotton, Parker Washington, Norval Black, and shit. Um, forgetting the fifth one, I apologize. But there's there's five wide receivers coming in. There, there's going to be some talent. It's just going to be really young. Um, I don't think even if KJ leaves, I don't because I think I think what. Uh, maybe I'm guessing what Heather's getting at here is like if KJ leaves the shorter seat, I was like, all right, KJ was the prime target. He got all the balls thrown his way. Now the cliff doesn't have him. Maybe I can be the guy. I don't I think doubt so, it. man. I, I, I think that's too much of a what if. And he's seen how Ronnie's used him. It's just, it's not, it's not working. So it's sad, but I think he's gone. Um, I hope KJ comes back because I think that's a, that's a really important piece to our wide receiver room. Next year, otherwise you're looking at a lot of youth, man. A lot of youth. All right, next up, Nick Rocky. Uh, I know it sucks losing Blake Gillikin, but we have seen the monster leg that Jordan Stout has. That being said, are we nervous for him to be the punter next year? Do you think there will be any coaching changes at the end of the season? All right, those are two very different questions. Let's start with the punter. Um, So Jordan Stout obviously came in uh, as a transfer, has handled primarily kickoff duties and long field goals. But we were told when he came in that he can punt, too. So the question is, are we nervous for him to be the punter next year? I think, now that we signed a punter today, it's probably a little bit of a competition. Yeah, I'm not that nervous about the punter competition. Um, of all the competitions that might be happening next season, it's it's not the highest on my list. 
Yeah, it's it's tough, man. Because like I mentioned this earlier, like I think we have been, uh, I think we've been really fortunate with Blake Gilkin, man. Um, you know, for as many for as much of maybe the struggles that he's had here or there, like he has been so reliable at his at his best. He's one of the best punters in the country. At his worst, he's still very serviceable. Um, so I do think it's like uh, uncharted territory for us, or we haven't seen this before. Um, but I think you're going to see this freshman who, if he's if he's truly a five-star punter and he's going to come in and maybe he can take over right away, or you're going to see Jordan Stout, who we've seen has a massive leg and can maybe become a punter. You mentioned yes. Pat McAfee earlier. He was a kicker. He got drafted by the Colts and they said, hey, can you punt? And he learned how to punt. Like, it, I mean, Pat McAfee's a legend, but it can happen. Yeah, just a great um, athlete altogether. True, very true. I'm um, looking at our roster real quick to see if we have any other punters on the roster. Uh, we have Bradley King, who's a sophomore. Never heard of him. Probably a walk-on. Um, so, no, we don't. So, it, it'll be, it'll I'm, be I'm confident in our ability to come up with, a, at, at worst, a serviceable punter. Yeah, exactly. So, it'll be it'll be Stout or um, this kid, Levi Forrest. I'm okay either way. Like I, I think it'll be, be a little bit of a change from Blake because it's what we've had for the last four years. Um, but I'm not terribly worried about it. Uh, so Nick's other question, do you think there will be any coaching changes at the end of the season? What do you think? No. no. Unless someone leaves for a better, another job. No. Yeah. Um, you don't take a 10-2 and two team and start firing coaches. I know, but I, I, I'm still on the bandwagon of Ronnie. There's no Aaron. way that James Franklin gets rid of Ricky Ronnie. I'm sorry. I just I don't know how you go. We're one of the most powerful offenses in the Big Ten. It's not happening. Are we though? Are we though? Are we? Yes. Yes. I don't know. I don't know. With I mean, we put up points, but like that's the measure of an offense. No, but it's not consistent. It's not consistent. It relies on your home runs. It relies on it relies on uh, your plan going exactly perfect. Like he hasn't been able to adjust. He hasn't been able to get the best out of the player. Better too. But I'm just telling you, there's a less than 2% chance that Ricky Ronnie gets fired. It's not happening. I, I, I know you're right, but like I just I don't I don't get it because this is what's gonna happen. We're gonna be into next year. We're gonna be sitting and having these same conversations if and when the offense falls. Like every game this year, yes, we were a powerful offense, but we either started really hot and then faltered because the defense adjusted to us and he couldn't do a goddamn thing. Or we started really slow and then had a couple of big home run plays bail us out. Like, and, and sure, maybe maybe you can say the Moorhead relied on the home run play too and he had better skill players. I get it. I'm not even saying Ronnie versus Moorhead. I don't know who else you'd bring in. I, honestly, I really don't know. But I am very worried about seeing this team with all the talents we have coming back next year fall into another trap of not being able to take that next step. I'm just it's it's a it's a moot point because he's not getting fired. All right, you heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. I uh, yeah, to answer Nick's question, I don't think he does, but I I'd, I'd like to see it. So, and then, no, that's a terrible thing to say. I'm not I don't want to see a man get fired. Terrible. I would be very okay if he got demoted to a positional coach and uh, allowed himself to develop a little bit more. Right. And then comes back in like three years as the offensive coordinator. It's the best redemption story mm. in the world. Yes, that I'm okay is. with. That, see, we, we got it back. There it is. We that's that's the scenario. Yes. Uh, CJ Scalzetti, CJ Goon. Uh, 
is this the best regular season under James Franklin? Based on the teams we beat, is it actually more impressive than 2016, in my opinion? Yeah, I guess so. Might be the most complete. Yeah, you know, we 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 won. Didn't have the horrible losses with Pitt and then getting smacked by Michigan. Both our losses yeah. were close. Uh, lost to probably the best Ohio State team I've seen. Mm-hmm. And, a, and a good Minnesota team. They had our number. Like, I, I feel better. Like, I still think we should have won that game, but I'm, yeah. I'm more okay losing to Minnesota at Minnesota on their Super Bowl in a great team under P.J. Fleck than the teams we've lost to against Michigan And Pitt State three years ago. Flat. Yeah. yeah, and Pitt, of course. So yeah, we, we sure, didn't I'm come okay out and blow any leads. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. It's probably the most complete season we've had under James Franklin. Absolutely. Um, CJ said, I've, I've said before I am not on the, quote, fire Ronnie train, but we really need another person revamping the passing attack. It really has been unimaginative at best his two years running offense. Also averaging 23 points per game against our best six opponents is not going to put us into elite. We kind of just talked about this. I don't have much more to say. Anything on your end? Yeah, I mean, I would love our offense to be more consistent as well. <laughs> what you need to find is a Joe Brady at LSU who has revamped their passing attack as the passing game coordinator. Where could you find a guy like Joe Brady? I don't know. Like, where, Here's the where thing. Is is we support? don't know these people. We've Joe never Brady heard of them. Penn State. Joe Brady was at Penn State. He was a grad assistant at, I think a grad assistant. He was at Penn State. And, of course, you cannot predict. You cannot predict what he was going to become, the genius that has turned LSU into the offensive. Because they all credit him. He's the, he's turned their passing game into, like, incredible. Uh, and he was actually at Penn State, and, and we let him go. I didn't uh, know you, Yeah, you can't predict it. I'm okay with Like, that's be, me being tongue-in-cheek. Um, but I do think it's got to be, you know, it's one of those things where you can't be afraid to give responsibility elsewhere. Like, if you're going to keep Ronnie, sure, okay. Passing game coordinator, you say. And, and I know I know all these guys have titles. On all of our assistant coaches Is that like, uh, so would quarterback's coach be an upgrade from that? Um, no, t- typically, like, one of your position coaches is the, like, Sean Spencer will be, like, the run D coordinator. Okay. Uh, you know, something like that. Uh, typically, it's like a wide receivers coach or a or a quarterbacks coach who's the passing game coordinator. You know, Jaywan Sider is probably the running game coordinator. It's all titles and bullshit, but teams that use it correctly and actually give these people like true authority and responsibility, in my opinion, have better success. Uh, I don't know how we do it. I haven't been inside the Penn State coaches' room, um, but if you're gonna if you're gonna keep Ronnie, I think you have to find a way to. Get him better support. Let other guys get in there. Let the creativity flow. I don't know. There's got to be something better. Uh, let's move on because we're rambling on this topic. Uh, CJ also says, biggest surprise player on offense, biggest surprise player on defense. Who's your biggest surprise player on offense? Got to be Journey Brown, right? He's the only one that was really a surprise. Yeah, I think Journey's definitely a surprise. Um, again, we didn't really <coughs> expect it. Um I think for me, maybe Jahan Dotson too, just because I, 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 we saw the flashes. We knew he was good. I, I mentioned it earlier. I think he turned into a very reliable wide receiver. I would have liked to have seen him used more, but I was, I was really happy with him, man. Yeah. Um, yeah. Outside of that, everyone's kind of been like a known commodity, you know? Yeah. Um, the alignment. KJ, Pat. Exactly. Um, running back stable was great. Of course, seeing Noah Kane and Devin Ford, you know, get their reps was fun, but... 
I think it was Journey. Is I think Journey is the right answer, and then I'll, I'll give Jahan a, an honorable there. Uh, who's your biggest surprise player on defense? Lamont Wade, baby. And for Love the, it. The transfer portal. There's you know doubt whether he's even going to be have a starting job, and he balled out this year, man. He was awesome. Yeah, you know I will say I, I think he's maybe uh, my most like favorite story, most exciting, you know, happy. I don't know if it's that much of a surprise because I, I had a feeling this guy was going to have a good year. I was hoping maybe for this guy to have a good year. So I don't know about surprise. Um, I think for me on defense, uh, probably a guy like Keaton Ellis, true freshman corner, um, who played a lot of quality reps and for the most part played really well. Um, I think we're going to see a lot of him in the future. Um Maybe some guys in the the linebacking core, uh, Jesse Lucchetta or uh, or an Ellis Brooks, who same thing, you know, showed that they can play at this level. Um, it's always nice when you see um, a guy that is a backup will become a starter in the next year or two and kind of show you they can do it. Um, so maybe maybe surprise isn't the right word for there, but I, I love seeing some of those guys uh, get the reps and, and handle it accordingly. Uh, one more for CJ. Can we get an extension for James Franklin like today? This can't help recruiting. Also throw a fat buyout so we don't have to deal with this every offseason, please. Um, what do you think? James Franklin extension, is it coming? Is it happening? Is this all? Yeah, it's got to be. Give the guy a billion dollars if you need to. Just extend him. <laughs> How much? A billion. I said it. A billion with a B. A billy, a billy. Um, yeah, man, it's it's got to happen. Like, uh, it's I hate this point of like this this cycle because now all the articles are just is james franklin underappreciated do penn state appreciate it? like yeah we get it man just give him his money give him the money for the assistant coaches do whatever you need to do like we are in we are in a stretch of some of the best football and results that penn state football has had in a very long time we've run down the stats if you're on twitter you've seen the stats 10-2, and two and we're going to go to another New Year's Six Bowl. Does it suck we're not in the playoff? Does it suck we're not in the Big Ten Championship? Of course. But that's college football, man. There's only like one program that does that regularly in our division, okay? Yes. Wisconsin does it because they have an easy division, okay? Mm-hmm. Ohio State does it because they're one of the best programs in the country. Absolutely. Ohio State's probably the third best program in the country of this decade. Yeah. Maybe the yeah, second. It's a great conversation. Yeah, we are coming to the close of a decade. Wow. Um, that's a great conversation now. Yeah, best teams of the, of the decade. Obviously, what are you saying? Bama and then maybe Ohio State? Bama, Clemson, Ohio State probably. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, from a hardware and, and rings perspective and then just talent-wise. Um, yeah, I... I I think I think if you we, we talked about the Ole Miss you know situation before, it, that's an extreme example. But it happens everywhere, man. If you get rid of a coach after three four years, you're basically starting over. Like you have to at some point. I, I know the days of coaches coaching for forty plus years of a single school are over. I get that. I would cons- right now. I would consider Penn State to be the second best program in the Big Ten. Yes, absolutely. Better than Michigan. Better than Wisconsin. Better than Michigan State. Iowa, yeah, I, I think we're. I think we are better than all of them. I think we have better talent than all of them. Um, I think. I think it really comes down to coaching and figuring out that last piece of it. Like, you have the talent, right? You have these four and five stars coming in. How do you get the most out of them? And, and we again, we've we've knocked. We'll, we'll end on this because we're running long on this episode. We have knocked the 
quote-unquote lack of eliteness. We've talked about how frustrated we are. We've gone on rants on players, on coaches, on everything. But if you don't look at what James Franklin is doing and say this is one of the better performances in all of college football, and it is, like just statistically, wins. New Year's Six Bowl appearances. Like, he's doing everything that you want a coach to do. If you fire him, number one, who are you going to bring in? Who's going to want to come right in? Away? No one. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's you have to be okay with this is the nature of college football. Yeah. At the end of the day, if you think James Franklin should be fired, you're stupid. You're stupid. Yeah. Sorry. You should be fired. Yeah. I hope your boss fires you just because you have that kind be of fired approach. from life. <laughs> I'm saying it. You'll kill yourself. Yeah. No, I'm joking. Yeah, little... I'm joking. No, joking. Joking. <laughs> joking. Um, but yeah, it's 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 one of these things that until the extension is signed, it's going to be a conversation. His name will get brought up in every single opening. Um, I think he wants to be at Penn State. I think he loves where he's at. I think he loves his community. Loves where his family is. I love he. I know he loves the family atmosphere that he's built. He loves these kids that he's brought in. Um, I don't see it happening. I think we're going to see an extension coming very soon. Um, and like I said earlier, hopefully we end this season with a big-time New Year's Six win. You finish the season 11-2. and two. That does big things for recruiting. Sure, a Big Ten championship would have been better, but at the end of the day, man, you just got to keep going. He, he had a quote, uh, I think it was after the Ohio State game. Someone asked him, like, um, you know, do you think you're closing the gap between you and Ohio State? He said, yeah, I think we are. It might not be happening as fast as some people like it, but we're definitely doing it. And that's the problem, right? Everybody wants everything right now. Everybody wants everything instantaneously. That's the world we live in. And you and I are, are you know, culprits of that as well. But all things considered, we are a pro James Franklin podcast. We want to see him win a national championship with Penn State. We it's will happen see in the next three years. Next three years, it's going to happen. We will see so. That's it for this episode, man. I got nothing else. The season is over. Um, we got one more game. We'll find out bowl games after uh, after championship week. But, yeah, go Ohio State this week. Beat the shit out of Wisconsin. And, and hopefully we go to a, to a Rose Bowl. Uh, anything else for, for this episode? Um, Penn State versus U, U Penn Wrestling is on either Saturday or Sunday. I can't remember. All right. Figure it out for yourselves. You're adults. You're adults. Google that shit. Uh, Penn State wrestling, always killing it. Uh, Penn State basketball is doing some good things. That's yes, cool. they are. Uh, Trounced Syracuse. Yeah. Yeah, that was fun. Fuck you, Jim Behan. Um, yeah, so so uh, quick last note to all the fans again. Thank you, guys. Uh, I say fans. You guys are friends. Uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for interacting with us. Uh, leave a review on iTunes if you could. That apparently helps out a whole lot. Um, you can tell us we suck, but if you could throw five stars on that fact that we suck, that would be cool. Uh, but yeah, that, that helps. Leave one of those for us. And uh, if you guys have ideas for things that you want to hear in the offseason, let us know. Um, typically, you know, the offseason is obviously a little bit harder to keep regular podcasts, but we'll do uh, we'll do some more stuff. We'll do some fun content for you guys. Maybe look at uh, look back on previous seasons, look back on, you know, team of the decade, things like that. But if you guys have fun ideas of what you want to hear, let us know. Tweet at us. Hit us up on Instagram. And uh, yeah, thank you for the support. So that's it. I was going to normally end this with the team that we're playing, but we don't have a team that we're playing, and I'm not going to say Ohio State over and over again. Rose Bowl, so. Rose Bowl, Rose Bowl. See, this is why I keep you around. Rose Bowl, Rose Bowl, <laughs> Rose Bowl. 
Rose Bowl, that's a tongue twister. Rose Bowl, Rose Bowl, Rose Bowl, Rose Bowl. We are.